Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. My name is Brenton Ford, and I've got two very special guests with me today. I've got, uh, I guess, probably the person who's been on the, the most, uh, Chloe McArdle. So welcome, Chloe, to the podcast. Hi, Brenton. And also Murph Renford, who's the, uh, the son of the legendary uh, marathon swimmer, Des Renford. So welcome to the call, Murph. Oh, hi, Brenton. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. Now, the, how this all sort of came together is, uh, Chloe, you're going for Des's long-time record of 19 channel crossings, which is the most by an Australian. Uh, you're going for 20 this season. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and, uh, and what it means to you to... Um, hopefully um, break that record. Well, Brenton, as you know, I've got a bit of a love affair with the English Channel. It's the pinnacle of marathon swimming around the world. And Murph's dad, Des Renford, is one of the people who's really pioneered English Channel swimming as a sport in the Australian psyche, which has flowed on to me you know, through, through his time um, as an icon in the sport and with other you know, marathon swimmers like Linda McGill and Susie Maroney. So... Uh, to have the opportunity to even attempt 20 channel crossings and hopefully later this year to grab that title is really special because I feel like I'm a part of this this legacy of English channel swimming in Australia. So it's very special. I feel like it's, it's not really about me. It's about Australian channel swimming moving forward into the 21st century. And as you, um, as you said, it's really uh, become something which is a uh, which is really well known swimming the English Channel, and um, you mentioned it. Um, a big part of that started with um, with Des Renford, and um, and now I mean you take a lot of teams over, you take a lot of solo athletes over. Um, so it's really at least among the circles that I sort of hang around with, which is you know a lot of swimmers. It's um, it's a really uh, big deal and such a you know more people have climbed Mount Everest and have swum the, the English Channel. So it's uh, it's great to see you uh, helping other people do that and. And Murph, you've also swum the, the channel. Um, what was your experience like in, in doing that? Oh, it was fantastic, actually. It was a, um, I know for a lot of people, and, and people like Chloe, that it was a, a lifelong dream. For me, it was, even though I had the name Renford, it really wasn't something that was, you know, I guess in the front of my mind, and maybe not even in the back of my mind to a certain extent. But circumstances would work, and a redundancy in, in 2007 just opened up an opportunity for a goal, and... Um, I figured if there was going to be a goal, the English Channel was probably the most logical one, and uh, with a bit of hard training and a bit of luck, and you know, a good pilot and everything that goes into getting you from you know England to successfully complete a crossing in 2007. Yeah, and, and you've also crewed for um, for a number of people as well, and you've been on the the boat with uh, Chloe when she first attempted the the triple. So, what kind of draws you to to crewing for people and helping out that way? Oh, look, crewing, crewing is a wonderful thing to be able to put back and, you know, to be able to share your experience. You know, it, it's a, uh, it's a, crewing is a challenge itself sometimes and Paul, uh, Chloe's husband, you know, he's the king of crewing, having been on, on more crossings than probably any other Aussie now as well. So he's got his own his own record there probably, if you, if you were to dig into the history books, as the, you know, the, the most Aussie to do a support crewing for people. But it's a... Um, it's wonderful to be able to put back into a sport. It's not a pleasant experience, as Chloe knows. I get I get a little bit seasick, apparently. So, but it's it's a wonderful thing to be able to do to be able to put back into the community of channel swimming. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I crewed for um, one of my swimmers when he swam the channel. A lead up swim he did was uh, 
Giants of the Bay, which is a, a swim at, in Point, uh, Port Phillip Bay here in Victoria. Um, and I crewed for him on that. And just to be able to help him out and, um, you know, and, and support him and sort of give back that way and, and help him reach his ultimate goal of, of swimming the channel, which he did. It's, um, you're right, it's, it's really rewarding. And um, it's great to do something uh, selfless like that because um, while the person in the water, they, they get that re- reward of all the hard work and training that goes into Achieving that swim, uh, it's also really good to be a part of it in that, that crewing aspect as well. Well, it definitely is. A, it's, it's a team environment, and, uh, you know, marathon swimming is seen to be quite a lonely, masochistic type of sport, but it's not. It's a team effort, and unless you've got a good crew and a good team around you, um, the reality is you're not going to be able to, to get in the water and, and do what you really want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit about the uh, where you've, feel like uh, your dad's sense of adventure came from it. And same for you, Chloe. Where do you sort of, where do you think that that comes from? Because I was reading through the number of swims that, um, uh, that Des had done, like a lot of swims around Sydney, uh, multiple cross- crossings of Bondi Beach. I think it was 50 until Chloe came along and did 60 laps of Bondi Beach. Um, he'd also swum from Sydney Harbour to Wollongong. I mean, I, I drove that two weeks ago and... It was a long way to drive. You know, it's it's over an hour, um, and so, so to swim that it took him twenty seven hours or something you know, along those lines. It's just um, you know that's that's a real sort of spirit of adventure that I think he, he must have had. So where do you feel like it came from? Look, I, I think you, Dad uh, probably started a lot earlier in life. Obviously, Dad didn't start marathon swimming until he was thirty nine years old, and I think he came from a generation where you know he was he, he and he teens, mid-teens, 16, he entered the Second World War, 17 I think he was when he went in in 44 into the Second World War. He came out with a, with a wife and two children, basically by about 1948 when he was discharged. And so he got into a, a fairly settled, what maybe, you know, a humdum almost to existence. You know, he was a butcher and he was doing a bit of SP bookmaking on the side and to try and make ends meet. But he felt like he hadn't achieved a lot himself, you know, personally. You know, he'd been a good dad and a good father and husband and, and all the things and worked pretty well. But he, he wanted something for himself. And I don't think he even knew at that point what that was going to be. And then he fell into marathon swimming in accident by accident in Melbourne in 1968, I think it was, when he um, basically over a beer in a pub found himself entering the Port Phillip Bay swim, of which Linda McGill won that year. And so it was a little bit of an accident that he fell into it, but with very limited training. And he almost successfully completed the swim. I think he got about three kilometres from the finish point when he was taken from the water and taken to Frankston Base Hospital. But out of that pain and suffering, he basically realised that if he dug deep and did the work, maybe he could be good at this trade. And that's exactly why I guess how it panned out. Mm, that is awesome. And, and Chloe, what, how about you? What about Where do you feel your uh, adventure comes from? I think I come from a different perspective. I swam competitively. I think I swam against your sister Courtney growing up, Brendan. Um, So I put a lot of mileage into the pool in my teen years, uh, but I kind of felt like I couldn't crack the Olympic level swimming. It's a very, very competitive, demanding sport uh, when you're trying to to be the best um, in the pool. And I came back in my early 20s and I knew that, well, I felt like I was destined or I at least was trying to aspire to be the best at a sport and tried triathlon for a few years and wasn't making the inroads that I was hoping. And then I entered a marathon run and a marathon swim because I felt like the distance events suited me better. And although I loved the marathon run and I did fairly well in three hours, 37, 
the marathon swim I did a few months later was it was only 11 kilometers <laughs> but I just really fell in love with um, how you can connect with nature when you swim marathons you're completely immersed in the open water um, you're in this natural environment you can sometimes have encounters with aquatic marine animals um, the conditions are always evolving and changing and challenges are thrown at you you know out of nowhere so unlike the most traditional sports where you're in you know um, an enclosed environment usually an indoor environment um, timing is really important you're racing other people this is more of a an existential, you're challenging Mother Nature, you're challenging your personal boundaries. So when I combined the, the drive and the ambition that I had with the love of the open water and the love of the challenges that marathon swimming uh, opened up to me and the opportunity to travel overseas to challenge myself, it was kind of like this this marriage in heaven that just came together for me. So Yes, I, I guess I've fallen in love with the sport. Um, I felt like I started at an old age in my early 20s. But, you know, when Murph says that his dad started in his late 30s, now I don't feel so old. <laughs> yeah, it's all about uh, yeah, put, putting it in perspective, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, and, uh, and how you frame it. But, I mean, I think I completely get both, uh, both sides of it. I think that drive to want to push yourself, do more, do better, um, that's a real driver. And as well as just, um, just sort of getting back to nature and, um, and connecting with it that way. I mean, I, I do the same thing through whether it's swimming in different places um, in the ocean or looking to run in different places or, or surfing um, at different surf spots um, around the world. It's just being able to, to connect that way. Um, and especially with the water, I think there's something really special about, uh, about the ocean that um, draws a lot of people in and, and that's what um, can hook people into open water swimming and then, um, and then going on to those bigger challenges of the, the marathon swims and the longer swims. You know, a lot of people will start with the small ones and they um, kind of go down the rabbit hole and uh, look to push themselves that little bit further and, you know, it turns into a, an English Channel swim. What, um, would you, what would you say is your hardest earned um, or, or biggest accomplishment um, Chloe, in terms of what, what swim do you look back and go, that's the one that I'm really proud of? Um, well, I'm really proud of a lot of them because of what I have to put myself through and what my crew have done to support me to, to get to those places. But the one that's probably hurt me the most would be the world record Bahamas swim in October 2014 when I had to swim for 41 and a half hours continuously. And uh, being in the Caribbean, I couldn't avoid extensive burns over my body. And then swimming for so long, obviously, there's a lot of pain involved with that. And then getting stung by multiple box jellyfish at nighttime, it was just it was just an ongoing, torturous experience. So I was pretty happy to finish that. But um, more recently, doing the triple crossing last year and being the first Aussie to complete that um, in 36 hours, that was really special because... The English Channel has such a prominent feature in so many marathon swimmers and open water swimmers' psyche that it really feels like I'm near the top of you know of of history, or at least being a, being in the mix because I want to push the boundaries of myself, and now I want to push the boundaries of my sport. So to finally get that on my third attempt, Murph was there my first attempt, 2011. I tried again in 2012. 
and it had been like this monkey on my back and I'd gone back last year and just hoping that I'd, you know, get the chance to finish this triple crossing. So, and that was super special as well and it hurt but in a different way than that Bahamas swim. So, you know, the last two years have... I've been re- really successful, I believe, in, in achieving what I want. And it's, it's because of amazing support I have from my husband, Paul, from people like Murph and the Open Water Swimming community. And I hope to just keep pushing forward while I've still got these great opportunities. Fantastic. And, and Murph, what do you feel like um, that your dad would say would be his, um, the swim he's most proud of? Uh, no doubt, because I, I actually was able to talk to him about it years ago. Was the Sydney to Wollongong swim was the one that he's most proudest. You know, that was 27, I think it was 27 and a half hours. Um, it was a second attempt, so it's a bit like that satisfaction that Chloe's saying. You know, you actually, you know, you, were, you have two, un, you know, Chloe, Chloe had two unsuccessful attempts at the triple, and then you finally get there on the, on the third one, and I guess with Dad getting there on the second, there is definitely a... a um, a rewarding feeling when you go back and tackle something that you've previously been able unable to achieve. You know, I almost think that if Chloe had got in in 2011 and just knocked out a triple and it was all done and dusted, maybe maybe there wouldn't be that same sense of satisfaction because I think sometimes. Oh, Murph, seriously! Nah, <laughs> you just wanted to knock it off, didn't you? You just wanted to do it. But there is a yeah. sense of satisfaction about going back and doing something that you have previously been unsuccessful at doing, you know, and, and, and being able to say, guess what, it was possible because there are moments when you do, you know, you do doubt yourself when, you know, you, you do something once, twice, three times and it's not all falling into place for you, you know, and it's only human nature that you're going to start to think, well, I wonder if this bloody thing is possible. And the answer is it was possible, you know, you knocked it out of the ballpark. And, you know, for me, um, that's without doubt, you know, for me, sitting from a long way away watching, I, I love that triple crossing. And with Dad, that Sydney to Wollongong, that's the one that gave him the greatest, the greatest satisfaction by a, by a country mile. You know, people probably don't recognise that or think that that would be his, his, um, his all-time favourite swim and the hardest swim, but without a doubt, he's Sydney to Wollongong in, um, I think it was about 1975, I think he did that. Has anyone done that since? Yeah, they have, yeah. Um, Shelley Taylor-Smith has done it, I think, or well, she definitely has. Um, it's, uh, I think it's still screaming out. I'd love to see Chloe go and do it. Dad did it in the cage back in those days. We were a little more fearful of, uh, of sharks in the 70s. We've got a, a lot better understanding now. I'd love to see Chloe, um, do, you know, a completely like a, a channel type crossing or a Bahamas crossing and, and get in and do it. And she could do it. And, and, um, I'm sure it might be sitting on the radar there somewhere. Or if not, if not a Newcastle, if not a, um, Sydney Wollongong, we should try a Newcastle Sydney, I reckon. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be great. I think it's especially up that way. I mean, Sydney's such a beautiful part of the world, especially along the coast there. That uh, any of those swims, um, you know, along there have just got to be spectacular. And um, and it's it's kind of a good distance away. I think it's fifty four miles from sort of the harbour to um, to Wollongong there. And yep. it's um, yeah, you know, that's it's kind of a good distance, whereas it is a real challenge, um, but it's it's doable, especially for someone like Chloe. So we're just going to put the pressure on Chloe until you, you do it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're always looking for a swim, so we've got to keep coming up with ideas for you, Chloe. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, we'll be your uh, your ideas team and uh, just throw some swims at you. <laughs> All right, you're in for crewing then, if yeah. I do it. Both of you. That's a brave statement, having my partner with my past record, but anyway. 
Uh, well, I think with that, um, you know, you sort of mentioned um, the satisfaction that comes from attempting something a second or a third time. You know, you almost, with a lot of things, it's, um, it's good to have those unsuccessful attempts or those, um, those failures so you can, you can learn from them and then grow as a person and then go back and, and try and, you know, make those changes and corrections that you, um, you know, things that you didn't spot that first time. So do you sort of feel that at all, Chloe, looking back at, like the, you know, the triple crossing attempts, did, did you learn things that you didn't know before that? Um, and then did you take those learnings into the next swim? Uh, yes, I learned that I wasn't handing the cold as well as I should have been. Um, not a lot, no, not a lot else. I just, I needed maybe more cold swimming and more time in better conditions to just get it done. i I probably would be more progressed down my career now if I'd done the triple in 2011 or 2012 because um, there were a few years where I was just attempting the triple and I didn't really have any other successes, big successes on the board. So really I was just treading water for years and that was really hard to just keep getting up and reattempting these triples when my main swim for the year is unsuccessful and I'm getting up, trying again the next year and then trying again the next year. So um, I don't really want to go through that again. I want to hit them all on the head when I attempt these big swims. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, you obviously don't want to uh, be unsuccessful with them, but um, sometimes good can come from it. But um, it's uh, yeah, you know, once once you do do it, it's um, it's that run on the board. And I mean, you've still got so many years left in the in the sport as well. You know, if you do, you feel like if you sort of look back now. Um, how old are you now, Chloe? 31. 31. I mean, it's still like anyone, uh, I think over 40 would say that's still so young. Um, and there's, there's so much more you can, uh, can still achieve. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's really exciting. And um, what you've both got coming up is the, um, the International Swimming Hall of Fame. So, um, Murph, do you want to talk a little bit about that with, your, with Des being um, instated into the, the Hall of Fame shortly? Yeah, that was it. Was um, I guess very left, left field and unexpected. Dad had been in the International Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame since 1978, and the, uh, the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame can then put members um, forward to the International Swimming Hall of Fame to be, uh, I guess, elevated into the into the next body. I guess it is the pinnacle of all swimming, whether it be pool swimming, water polo, you know, synchronised swimming. You know, they all basically diving. Um, they're all aspiring, or the, the, the ultimate is the International Swimming Hall of Fame. Um, we were lucky enough, I was lucky enough that uh, the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame said, listen, we've, we've put your dad forward. We need to be honest with you. It's going to take, it could take years. And secondly, you know, the greater majority of the people we put forward don't actually get the, uh, get the nod by the, the Swimming Hall of Fame. You know, they're pretty stringent on who they they let, they let be elevated. So even though they nominated him, they said, look, there's no guarantees. But they said, having said that, we really firmly believe he meets the criteria. Sit tight. And we reckon with a bit of luck, you know, an email from a few years saying that uh, he's going to be inducted. And that's, you know, that's, that's pretty much how it panned out. You know, got the email last, late last year saying that, you know, he, he's going to be elevated. And it's happening late October uh, in Santa Clara, just south of San Francisco, which... Very lucky that Chloe and Paul will be attending with us, which is lovely. They'll be, I've got a couple of tables, and we're really, really looking forward to it, actually. And Chloe, you're, so you're um, being inducted as well at the, the same time into the 
International Swimming Hall of Fame? So I will be inducted into the International Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame about a week later. But the going along to Swimming Hall of Fame for Merthstad's posthumous in- induction is still really, really special because Paul and I have such a great connection with Murph and the Renford family. Um, we kind of feel like extended family, so we really want to be there to show our support um, on that night for Murph and his family. So um, that'll be really, really special. That's October 29th um, in Santa Clara, as Murph said, and people can, you know, book a ticket and come along. You don't have to be nominated or be getting an award on the night. You know, if you're interested in open water swimming and you want to honour Des's great legacy um, and life's work in, in marathon swimming, then you're more than welcome to go along to that event. And same for the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame that I'll be inducted into a week later. You know, you can just buy tickets and come along and enjoy the night and it'd be great to see as many people there as possible. When you read through uh, Des's achievements and the things he's done in swimming, you, uh, I mean, you look at that and go, there is no way he couldn't be in in the Hall of Fame with the um, with the things he's done. So it's um, it's very well deserved, and that should be a great night um, coming up soon. And Chloe, you're you've got a trip uh, in California um, starting the next day, I believe it is um, up there in California. So can you talk a little bit about that trip and what you've got planned? Yes, Brenton. Well, this is kind of all last minute in this whirlwind. Um, preparation but Paul and I thought that because we're going along and supporting the Renford family with Des's induction October 29th and that's in Santa Clara and then we're going to be down further down California in San Pedro only a week later for the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame induction we may as well make an amazing trip of it and squeezing as many swims and fun times as we can and the best way to do that is to bring people along on this journey so um, I've kind of organized an impromptu let's go travel California trip together for a small group of open water swimmers. We've still got a few spots left. Um, it is fairly sl- soon. It's the end of October that this goes through for a week. And what we're doing is the first night will be that banquet at the Swimming Hall of Fame in Santa Clara where Murph will be and his family. And then the next day we're going to swim from Alcatraz to the mainland and swim under the length of the Golden Gate Bridge. And then we'll be going on a two-day road trip along the famous Highway 1 um, Scenic Coastal Drive, which is going to be amazing, and having swims and stop-offs along the way. And then towards the end of the week, people can either do a solo or be in a duo from Anacapa Island and swim all the way into Santa Barbara, the mainland, down lower in California because that will be near the end of our road trip. So it's got a little bit of something for swimmers who, you know, have got a bit of confidence. They can swim at least 2.5 kilometers an hour and they want to get in at least seven swims, have lots of fun dinners, banquets. And the last night really let them let their hair down because that's the Marathon Swimming Hall of Fame um, banquet that last night. So it's November the 4th and that's in San Pedro. And um, yeah, it's, just, it's going to be very social, lots of swimming, um, lots of you know, driving along the coastline. I'm so excited. I'm Californian dreaming of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's such, it's such an amazing part of the world uh, there. I was there in uh, April in California, and it's just um, just spectacular, especially there, you know, along the, the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, you've got Alcatraz as well. Um, there'll be some really incredible swims. Where, um, where can people find out more about that tour um, if they want to inquire about it? 
Well, I um, think you'll be able to put a link up on your podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, yep, on our right. website at effortlessmean.com. Yep. So we'll put that link up and that will go directly to the page of my website, which really lists the itinerary for each day so you know what swim's going on, where we're going to be, what activities are on. Um, it's a full-packed really is a full-packed week. Um, we cover accommodation, all transport during the week. So once you jump on the train at the start, you just we just keep going all the way to the end together. So it's um, it's it's well it's organised in that you know we take the hassle out of a lot of the things you need to worry about when you travel because you're going as a small group and moving through things together. I'm super super excited. I've never done anything in the US before like this. I've taken so many people across the channel now and relays and solos and. This is just um, really exploring another whole country and starting hopefully something that might be, you know, a, an event every second year um, and, and keep doing it if we have lots of fun. Yeah, fantastic. Well, Chloe, thank you um, so much for putting together this, uh, this podcast. And Murph, thanks so much for joining us and uh, sharing some of the, um, the stories and the swims um, that your dad's done and also your experience with the channel. And um, I wish you both all the best um, with the awards coming up and uh, it's all very well deserved and uh, Chloe, best of luck for your ongoing swims and good luck for getting that record, 20 English Channel Crossings, the most of any Australian. So guys, thank you very much and um, we'll get you back on again soon. Thanks, Brenton. pleasure, Brenton. Thanks for having us, mate. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com.